Remember the New Testament story of Paul and Silas in prison? After being beaten for their faith, Paul and Silas were locked in a dungeon in the stocks where they sang and worshipped in the middle of their suffering. A dear sister named Miriam had the opportunity to literally follow the example of these apostles. She was in Iran's notorious Evan prison, feeling far from the Lord and discouraged. So she decided to sing. There was a rule in that building and no one is allowed to even speak loudly. And my cellmate was so worried and she told me, Mariam, please be quiet. The guards will come and they will punish you. I didn't care. I just wanted to feel the presence of God. And I continued singing. I remember I uh, sang for hours and very loudly. After hours, you know, I could feel the very presence of the Holy Spirit in the cell. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help right now on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Last week, we heard part one of the story of Mariam Rustampour and Marzia Amrazada, authors of the book Captive in Iran. These two women were imprisoned inside Iran for sharing their faith in Christ. They entered the notorious Evan prison, known as a place of torture and abuse. But amazingly, they saw God at work even inside the prison, and they watched as he used them in the lives of their fellow prisoners. If you missed that program, make sure to look it up and listen at vomradio.net. Today we're going to pick the story back up, hearing portions of two different conversations that I had and recorded with Miriam and Marzia. Neither was recorded in our regular studio, and you're going to notice the difference in the sound quality. But most importantly, you're going to hear their hearts and their passion to spread the gospel and serve Jesus Christ. Before we jump back into their story, let's just review some of the highlights of what they shared last week here on VOM Radio. We bought a huge uh, wall map and started from the north to south every night. We carried about 140 New Testaments each in our backpack and visited one area and put them in the mailboxes. I can say that the main reason is our personal relationship with Jesus. At that time, we knew how much Iranians were thirsty to hear about Christianity. And we knew that they are so tired of the Islamic rules and the Islam and this government. And they are so open to hear about uh, Jesus and Christianity. And that was the reason we wanted to continue our mission in Iran. They uh, took all my documents, handcuffed me, and told me that you are under arrest of being a Christian and evangelizing. We had long hours of interrogations in the first day, and uh, I remember in the first interrogation, sometimes I couldn't talk because my mouth was so dry. And uh, late at night, they transferred us to another detention, which called Vozara. Uh, uh, and we were in Vozara for uh, 15 days, and after that, they sent us to Evin prison. You know, Evin is, is notorious in Iran and uh, is uh, famous for arresting, torturing, raping, and executing of many innocent. You both still love Iran. You, you love the country and, and 
some, it's hard for some of us to understand that because this is a government for no reason threw you in jail, you spent 200 plus days. How can you still love Iran and still love the people of Iran? You know, we believe that Iran is our country and our home. Uh, we cannot forget our country. We love Iranian people and the country. We believe that Iran and Iranian people are captured by this government. It's not about our country. It's about this regime. It's about this government. And we hope that uh, one day our country uh, be free and Iranian people could face uh, freedom. The day that women could have equal rights, uh, students would be in universities instead of being in jail, and uh, we could have a righteousness government. And, you know, in Iran, many people still are suffering, and we cannot forget those who are in suffer in these days. And we believe that part of our heart is still there, and we cannot just live for ourselves and forget those who are in this situation. What are your plans for the future? Well, what, are, what are your lives like now, and what does your future look like? You know, as Marzi explained, um, part of our heart is still in Iran, and especially in prison with our friends. The day we got uh, released, um, we, we thought that we would be happy, but when we put our feet uh, outside Evin prison, we didn't have any feelings and we were not happy because we were uh, leaving our friends behind and we really respect them and we promised most of them to be a voice for them and not to forget them. And as soon as we left Iran, we started writing our stories and the stories of many women who uh, we believe are the victims of the Iranian government and wrong rules of Islam. And our goal here is to be a voice for them, to be an advocate for them, and uh, to spread these stories with other people, with other nations, to let other governments, other uh, nations, other people know what is going on in countries like Iran, to raise voices, uh, to raise support for these people who are in persecution and who live in the uh, persecuted countries. Now our goal here is um, speaking and spreading the message of our book. And also, we are in a school. We, we would like to continue our education in the field of law to be an advocate for our people. And uh, we hope that um, here we, will, we would be a tool in God's hands. And also, we believe that our mission and our plan here is not just for Iranian. We believe that God has a plan for us here, for Americans and for the church in America. We experience this when, whenever we go and, uh, you know, to speak and sometimes in churches, in conferences, we can see that God is using us here to give his message to Americans. And uh, we really praise God for this opportunity. We want to trust him. We want to put ourselves in his hands and whatever he wants to use us. And we always uh, encourage uh, American people, please don't take your freedom for granted. Mm -hmm because there are many peoples in other countries like Iran, they, they are suffering because of the lack of freedom and they cannot uh, choose how to worship God, how to pray, and they have to hide their uh, beliefs, otherwise they would arrested and end up to a jail or executed. And that's why we try to encourage American people to. Yeah. A lot of people will have Muslim neighbors or maybe they go to school with Muslims and they'd like to reach out to them. They'd like to share the gospel with them. 
give us some advice. How do we do that? Or, or how do we open that door? It's our experience when we try to talk to people about Jesus, we usually share our personal experiences with Jesus. So I believe that we need to experience Jesus ourselves first and to have this spirit to, and passion to share this message with other people. Because in Iran, when we talk to people about Jesus, when we shared our testimonies and how uh, we met with Jesus uh, and how he, he came to our heart and he chose us, um, they were so surprised and they were so thirsty to hear about this God. And uh, we believe that uh, we can show Jesus to people by our behaviors rather than our words. Sometimes when you talk to people and you, you just want to give them a Bible or convince them that this is the right path, they may not accept it, but we can always influence them by our behaviors, by loving them, by praying for them. And also, I would like to add, Maria mentioned that if we, we don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, we cannot share about uh, Jesus' love and grace with other people. It's very important to first have a personal relationship uh, with him, not just following the rules. Also, it's a greatest uh, command uh, from Jesus in Bible that go to the world and uh, make uh, people my disciple. And we should uh, listen to Jesus and to not just reading the verses. It's very important for us to living those uh, verses. What would you like the children of America to understand about Iran? You know, we, when we watch the news, it's, you know, your government doesn't like our government and our government doesn't like your government. And what, what do American children, what should they understand about Iran? You know, when we went to public ward in Evin prison, I remember one day we saw a three-year-old boy in prison and we were both shocked. And we couldn't believe that there was a child in prison. And when we asked from other prisoners, they told us that there were many other children in prison. And they took us to a room. It was a huge room for mothers and their children. And all, all of the, those children were under the age of three. You know, some of them were born in prison. Some of them, because their mothers had to stay in prison for forever, you know, they had life sentence. And they, their children were in prison with them. and. It was so difficult for us to believe that these, you know, these children had to stay in uh, prison and saw all those injustice and uh, cruel behaviors because in the women ward there were many, you know, different types of people. There were prostitutes, there were, there were criminals, fraudulents, uh, murderers. I remember one day we were in the yard and um, one of those children, um, we loved him so much. Um, he was three years old, and he was looking in the sky. There was a little yard, and uh, suddenly he saw a bird flying in the sky. He was so scared, and he was shouting for one hour. Uh, he was screaming because he didn't know what the bird is, and it was the first time in his life that he saw a bird in the sky. And you know, as Marzi mentioned, we should praise God for this freedom that we have all of us, even, even the children here. We know that you know, children here um, has, have this freedom and they have the support from their families, from the government, and, but in Iran it's completely different. Even children do not have rights, do not have voice, otherwise they wouldn't be in 
prison with their mothers and you know after I think after three years they would send them to another place which was worse than prison mm -hmm. and they would uh, separate them from their mothers and we, we were witness, uh, you know, there we could see they separated one of those uh, children from uh, his mother and both of them were shouting, were screaming, were crying and yeah. it was so awful and I remember there was another child uh, who was born in prison and her mother was a lesbian and had relationship with other women. We were trying to talk to her and pray for her and, and convince her that her relationship uh, was not a correct relationship and it was a scene. She didn't take um, care about her own child and most of the times I was trying to hug him to uh, help him sleep and he was so angry because you know because of all his emotions he was just eight nine months old and he was pulling my hair very you know bad and I could feel uh, how angry he was and I was I was just praying for him and uh, we both uh, went to the room for children and we were trying to pray for them and ask God to save these children. How can we pray for not only those children in prison but all of the children in Iran? How can we pray for them? When we were in prison, we understood that many children were sending letters uh, for us. Mm -hmm. They were drawing yeah. pictures and they uh, writing verses and sending uh, to prison. We received some of those letters from uh, a ministry, and it was so encouraging to read uh, the letters from children, the scriptures. They drew pictures for us. It was so encouraging, and we believed that, you know, children uh, with their spirit if they pray it it can make a huge difference and we should know that um, you know we have power in our prayers if we pray in jesus name we would like to encourage everybody children you know their parents um, adults to pray for our people in iran for children and uh, because this is my experience from my childhood i always wanted to know God but uh, because of the rules in the government in the in the country and uh, they didn't let um, children to learn about Christianity or any other religion they forced them to practice Islamic rules and read the Quran they or brainwashed follow. them yeah br the, they brainwashed them and also I remember when we were six seven years old they uh, in the schools they uh, forced us to stay in lines and um, uh, repeat these words, damn to the US, damn to the Israel. At that, you know, at that age, we had no idea what the US was or Israel was, and they, it was like the brainwash. And uh, we should pray that uh, God, you know, reveal himself to our people because they are, they are really brainwashed from childhood. And they, uh, children, they, uh, I believe they uh, make the future of the country and it's very important to pray for them, that God protected them from these uh, rules and brainwashing. You know, as uh, Mariam explained, when we were in Iran and we had our mission, we could see that how much Iranian people, especially young generation and women, they are open to hear about uh, the message of Christianity because Jesus' message is about love and grace. It has been many years that Iran has known and as an Islamic country. Before revolution, we had freedom in our country, but after that, we don't have any uh, freedom, and most of Iranian people, they are hopeless. They don't have any hope for their future, and young generation, they are very uh, depressed. We ask you, please pray for freedom, and that Iranian people could hear the message of God, 
and to have freedom because in Iran, people cannot choose how to worship God and they had to attend underground churches and they don't have any rights. Even women, they don't have any rights. I don't know which way, but I'm sure that God has different ways to send his message to Iranian people like uh, dreams and other ways. And please pray for Iranian that one day we could have a righteousness government and where people could touch freedom and could touch God in our country. Even this morning in our prayer request, we have Christians who are in prison. You have been there, you know. Tell us how we can pray for our imprisoned brothers and sisters around the world. What's the most important thing that we can ask God to do for them? It's, it's very difficult. When you are in prison, you, you feel the loneliness, and I cannot explain it by words. And um, we, un, we could feel the power of prayers, and we know that there is power, power in our prayers when we pray in Jesus' name. And we, I would like to encourage all of you here to be, uh, to be encouraged that you know, your prayers uh, can make a difference. And people in prison can feel the prayers, can feel the power of your prayers. And it can make a huge difference. And also there are other practical ways that we can support those who are still in persecution, like sending letters to prisoners and show the government that these people are not alone and they have, they have family, they have people who are supporting them. And um, I would like to encourage you, when you pray for them, pray for their physical strength too, because uh, it can affect their mental you know, um, strength. Uh, when we were in prison in Evin, it's completely different. Sometimes we talk to our American friends and we, and we tell them that you know, Americans, uh, American prisons are more like a hotel. But in Iran, it's completely different because, because of the food, because of the medical situation. You know, in, for nine months, we were both sick. We couldn't see a doctor. And I was poisoned twice. And um, Marzia was sick all the time. And we, they didn't let us to see uh, a doctor, especially when uh, they hear that you are Christian. They consider you a dirty person, and they don't let you to see a doctor. So they can affect, you know, your situation. So please pray for their physical strength, for their families, because their families are also suffering. They are in prison, and their families cannot have access to them. They cannot have contact with them. And, you know, you, you just need to wait. And that's, that's the biggest struggle for their families, too. So we can support them by our prayers, and we can help... God will lead you, however, you can help sometimes by donating, sometimes by giving to ministries that they are supporting prisoners, and I'm sure that we can find uh, many practical ways to help these people. When did you know that your story was going all around the world, and just talk a little bit about how much that encouraged you and how you found out that everyone around the world is, is reading our story and, and praying for us? You know, for the first few months, we didn't have any connection with the world outside, even our families. And we feel so lonely, and we thought that we completely forgotten by the world outside. Uh, because the Iranian government, when they arrest you, they can, you cannot have a lawyer for a few months, and you don't know what will happen to you. 
But after a few months, when we could contact our sister through our sisters, we understood that it was a big surprise for us that we understood that uh, many Christians from all around the world, they were uh, supporting us either by prayer, praying or sending letters to prison. And it was so uh, encouraging for us. And we realized that we are not alone. Instead, we have a big family, a spiritual family that they are supporting us. It was a big encourage for us, and uh, we became more uh, stronger, and we, we understood that we are not alone in this battle. There are many people that are that standing uh, behind us, and it uh, make, make us more strength. Now, in your case, you never actually got the letters, but how did you hear about them? What were you told about them? The first time that we heard about uh, letters, uh, two uh, guards, they were uh, sec security guards, and they were very famous. They came to prison uh, to talk to us, and they were so angry about this, and one of them uh, told us that every day uh, you receive many letters from all around the world, and your letters is more than our official letters. It's about 50 letters a day. We understood that people are supporting us, and uh, they didn't give us even one letter. Uh, they didn't give us those letters. But uh, one of God, they, he talked to us and asked us that, uh, what does it mean? Because we have to open your letters and read it, because the Iranian government forces us to check uh, those letters. And what does it mean? Jesus is our shepherd. And we praise the Lord that uh, God, even uh, we couldn't read those letters, but God used uh, those letters to send his message to, to the guards and other people. I just wanted to thank Voice of Martyrs because when we got released, we understood that Voice of Martyrs started this campaign on their website and um, started letting other people know that they can send letters to us to prison. And it was a very creative idea. And, you know, it, makes it, it made the Iranian government. And it, after, after those letters, we could see that their behavior was completely changed. Before, they treated us very bad. But after, you know, those letters, they started, treat, started treating us well, and they started to behave, you know, in a way that to show that, you know, we don't have any problem with you, because they were so scared, and that was so encouraging. And they told us we don't have any problem with your weight, and it was very interesting, and we told them for eight months we are in prison, now you are telling us you don't have any problem <laughs> with our faiths, and uh, we believe that it was because of uh, the support of all Christians, and our unity, it's uh, very important, our voices can make a, a huge difference, and we should know that, and we should feel responsible uh, for those who are in persecution, even if we could pray or we could send a letter, it's, it makes a huge difference. We taste this in prison and we could tell that one of the reasons that uh, we are free today it's really because of uh, supporting Christians from all over the world. And that, that's why um, now we encourage everybody in churches in you know other places to uh, continue supporting these people and uh, we ourselves put the names of prisoners that we know uh, on our website, mariamandmarzia.com, and with the address of prisons, not just Christians, but also other people who are in prison, political prisoners, 
Most of them mm -hmm. are our friends, and uh, we believe they are, they are innocent. Some of them are just students, and uh, because they say something wrong against the government, maybe in their classroom or other places, they have to stay in prison for years and years, and we know that there are lawyers in prison who just uh, you know, try to defend political prisoners. They are in prison, and one of them has to stay in prison for 20 years. We our tried lawyer. to. He was yeah, our lawyer. He was our first lawyer, and we tried to. And be, he's still in prison. Yes, he's still he's, in prison. He's in wow. prison, and he has to stay there for 20 years, just because he he wants to defend the rights of uh, people. That's why we we feel responsible, and we would like to ask other people to feel responsible to and support them by praying and sending letters to prisons. You know, bef before going to prison, when I was reading the New Testaments about the prisoners and also about uh, the last day that um, before Jesus went on the cross, when I was reading the Bible, I was praying and asking God to let me experience a little of that. And that was always my prayer. I remember when I converted to Christianity for the first two years, I was attending a Bible school with a woman and uh, I always asked her about, you know, these stories and these sufferings and also about the last day uh, before Jesus went on the cross, how he felt about uh, the pain that he felt. And I always prayed and asked God to let me experience that. And um, sometimes the woman that I was attending the Bible school was telling me that uh, you shouldn't pray like this and uh, because God will listen to your prayers. and. I'm so happy that God let me touch that, let me experience that. And uh, now it's not like reading stories. It's we understand that these are uh, real stories and uh, about the people who are suffering or their faith for spreading the message of uh, Christianity. It's not something that belongs to stories and belongs to the past. Um, and today, you know, we are we are Christians, we are examples, and many people are looking at us, and we are responsible to spread the message of Christianity, and we should uh, be ready to pay the price. And uh, it doesn't mean that uh, all of us should pass through prison experiences. We may have different experiences, we may experience different sufferings, but uh, we, should be re we should be ready and we should uh, feel responsible for those who don't know anything about Jesus, for those who don't have this opportunity to hear about Christianity in countries like Iran, Afghanistan, and we need to uh, take our own cross and we need to be ready to follow Jesus. And also for me, before we got arrested, I always uh, thinking that suffering for Jesus, for uh, my faith, it's uh, really an honor. And I was thinking that I'm not good enough to suffer for my faith. And I was thinking I, I need to be a good Christian in order to God let me to touch this. But uh, when I got arrested, I, I had a dream in a prison and uh, I, I suffer from a different uh, physical problem and I had much pain in my body. And uh, one day I had a dream, and in my dream there was a hole in my right hand, and God spoke to me and told me that I just let you to taste a little of my suffer. When I woke up, I was just crying because I was so thankful of uh, God that let me to touch even a little of his suffer. And now we both we could touch the story of apostles in the uh, Bible, that how they suffer for uh, their faiths, and it's more real for us.
We've been listening to the amazing story of God's faithfulness to Miriam and Marzia in Iran. They were imprisoned for sharing their faith in Tehran, and they've been giving us the inside perspective on how we can be praying for the nation of Iran. Miriam and Marzia have written an outstanding book called Captive in Iran. I encourage you, get a copy of this book, read their story for yourself, share it with others. You can order a copy at vomradio.net. If you just click on the store link at the top of the page, then you can search for Captive in Iran. And if you missed part one of our conversation last week, you can download it or listen online at vomradio.net. And if you know a young person, maybe a high school or a college student, why not share this conversation with them? You know, I hope the example of these two ladies will have a huge impact on young people who might be considering, what does it mean to me to surrender my future to the Lord? Again, you can hear every past episode of The Voice of the Martyrs Radio at our website, vomradio.net. Please join us again next week as we hear more stories about what God is doing around the world right here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.